0: For now, though, the Mayor John Hoven, yes. is joining us here on the program. Well, here we go. New era, maybe. Maybe era is not the right word, but Jim Hiller makes his debut now, 54, a long time uh, from uh, 23 years of age back in 92, John. Well, nothing like a little techno music to get the boys buzzing early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, a hell of an alarm clock. It's not the music I would have picked, but nonetheless, we're here. So, uh, yes, Jim Hiller, you know, it was a long time ago, 92, 93, he was playing for the L.A. Kings. Uh, It was traded to Detroit in the deal that uh, Wayne Gretzky then no longer wanted to talk to the owner, Bruce McNall, at the time he was so pissed about that Paul Coffey ended up going, uh, trading away one of his friends. but. Yeah, and Jim talked about that in his opening, I guess guess we're calling it a press conference. I don't know. Normally when there's a practice and then, you know, you meet with the coach afterwards, it's not really a press conference, but uh, his introductory press conference. He talked about the fact that he's, you know, he made his NHL debut with the Kings and how special it is. Uh, to be now the head coach of the Kings. And he also talked about how it's not really the way that you expect to get the announcement, um, you know, dancing on the grave of one of your friends. Uh, you, you want it to be a big celebratory moment, and it's not. So he's working through that. And uh, we'll have to see what happens tonight. Big game tonight. Big tilt.
1: I, I think the defining uh, moment of if it was a press conference, Sean, was that were chairs, right? when you, yeah. When you bring out chairs – at that point, that's a press conference, right?
0: Well, you know, that you're absolutely right. Uh, it, was, it was definitely interesting. We weren't standing. So um, if anybody's upset about the questions, that's the hot buzz in L.A. right now about the type of questions that get asked.
1: Uh, oh, boy. I also
0: had people that were complaining about the article that uh, I had out that, that, where I asked P.L. Uh, Dubois, hey, you know, what'd you do during the break? I mean, it's a pretty typical question coming out of the All-Star break. Sure. And he talked about <laughs> yeah. going to Hawaii. And, uh, you know, people were bent out of shape about that. Why is he in Hawaii? You should be, you know, practicing. And it's like, people, come on, relax. Like, everybody needs to breathe. Nobody needs to win more tonight than the LA Kings. Yeah. It's not Jim Hiller. It's yeah. not Rob Blake. The fans need a win. Breathe, everybody. It's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But the, the thing with Hiller, though, and he said it, he goes, look, we've got, what, 34 games left. There, there's not much practice time, so there's nothing much to change structurally. It's, it's more about, and even Drew said it, about, I guess reinstilling confidence in this team that was so good for 24 games and then, you know, for 24. Is it just about what's between their ears, John? Or does, does something have to happen differently on the ice for this team, either structure or, or scheme?
0: Well, I, I would say this. I would agree with you, Dennis. It, the most interesting thing to me was the fact that he came out of the break with the exact same line combinations Right. And I know you can't change a lot with the structure, and you can't do a lot because you need more practice time and all that sort of stuff. But there, there were or there are certain players that you, you would think, hey, maybe we're going to tweak this. Maybe Arthur Kaliev is going to get back in the lineup. Maybe he's going to have an elevated role. Sure. I know that we had asked Rob Blake, general manager, earlier in the week, uh, what's, what's the plan going forward with Dubois? Is he going to be a center? Is he going to be a wing? And, you know, he, he said basically he's going to be a center. So that kind of slotted... That situation because there's potential that Byfield would have been moved back to center and that maybe Dubois was going to be on the wing. But they don't appear to want to change anything. However, if you really listen to what he also said later, it was that when Ardvidson comes back, maybe they'll look to start making some changes. And so the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Like, just, you know, coming out of the break, uh, first practice back, have everybody in the spots where they were before, and. The other thing that was noticeable didn't happen in the room with the chairs and Jim Hiller. It happened on the ice. You talk about an up-tempo practice. I mean, he really put the guys Mm. through the paces for a couple of days there. And speed, 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 that's all he kept talking about. He wants hustle. And to Drew's point, Kopitar, I mean, they're all saying the same thing, which is just about the break came at the right time, get everybody reset mentally, this team was damn good the first 24 games. So, you know, on one hand, it is kind of hard to argue that if you could just get them mentally back to where they were, they're going to be in pretty good shape.
1: Dave? Dave.
0: How did I know that <laughs> was the part wait, wait. when Panyoda was supposed nope. to ask it's the question? It's, it's the second. <laughs> not, sec- not, sec- not me again. It's the second. Not me again.
2: It's the second. you guys hear me? <laughs> second. Yes. Yeah, we
1: can hear. Yes, we can
2: hear you. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Not me again. I had to double okay, check Dave. if I was muted. Okay. Um, anyway, the uh, so, smoke so, is okay, fine. Confidence, confidence in the skaters. What about in, in, in goaltending? Um, John, cause like Cam had a great break. He had, a, he had a great experience at all-star. Um, Riddick has been playing, was, was pretty much holding the fort as much as he could. Um, how, how do we see this now playing out now that we're past all-star break? uh Hiller's now there is is it Riddick's net tonight or like how does where does Cam basically fit into this equation now
0: yeah you know I, I don't want to use the word disappointment because that's a bit too hard but if if I was disappointed for lack of a better word uh at one thing in that press conference it was the last question that was asked and I asked Hiller I said you know Cam wasn't there that day. He had an extra day because of the All-Star break. But what's the plan going forward with the goaltenders? To me, that was a really good question, and Mm -hmm. I didn't get an answer. And that was a little bit disappointing because, you know, there's a couple different ways you could go about it. You could say, hey, look, you know, Cam's coming out of the All Star break, and, you know, he's not even here for practice today, and we're going we're gonna to get him, you know, reassimilated with the team, but, you know, we're going to go with Riddick on, uh, on Saturday. He could have said that. You know, he could have also said, hey, Cam's our number one guy, and we're happy that he's had a lot of rest here, and we're going to go with him, and that's our reset, just like opening night. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways. And instead, it was just like, hey, we're going to play whatever goaltender is hot. Well, neither goaltender is hot right now. So um, nice. I don't know. Maybe Billy Ranford's coming out of the stands and he's going to be the goalie uh, tonight. I I don't know, but I I would love to see the answer to that question. And I would even say more importantly, it almost really doesn't even matter who's starting tonight. What matters is, can one of these guys stop a puck and give them decent goaltending on a consistent basis, not just one period, not just one night? They need some good goaltending, and Cam Talbot was giving them some really good goaltending, and was working his way into the Vesna conversation until they decided to play him every night. Talbot has not been—he's uh, not done a starter's workload in more than two seasons, and so yep. he was fresh at the beginning of the year. And you know, he's dog tired. And whether anybody wants to admit that or not, uh, they have a problem in net, and they don't have a lot of cap money to go out and get another goaltender. So you know, they're really going to need to find a way to make this work. Uh, I, Look, you should have confidence in Cam Talbot if you saw him play over the first 24 games. Your confidence has obviously waned over yeah. the, the more recent time, but it's so. not a goaltending exclusive problem. The team itself has not played well. They've given up leads. Uh, you know, they've not been playing defensively strong as they've started to worry about the offense because the offense dried up. It's just been a perfect storm of problems, and uh, hopefully there is a reset, and we'll see because they have a big test against Edmonton. What's been the biggest issue out of the many with Pierre-Luc Dubois? And what I
1: mean by that is, is it kind of a more structured thing, or does it come down to the fact that he doesn't want to put in the work, he's not working hard, it's, it's kind of a thing within himself that he's got to figure out?
0: Well, I, I think it's, it's several things. First and foremost, I, I'm in the minority. I think people just need to stop complaining about Dubois. He's, a, he's okay. the third-line center. You know, there were very few people, or fewer at the very least, complaining about Dubois earlier in the season. And I get it. People want to see hustle. They want to see when he skates back to the bench at the end of his shift, they want to see hustle. So maybe Hiller was talking specifically to him when he kept yelling, Speed, speed, speed. Yes, they want to see more from him, right? But he's the third line center going get the second line going and everybody's up in Oh, they paid him eight million dollars he's here for a long time he's paid money to be the replacement for Andre Kopitar when he's gone two plus seasons from now so hmm. yes Dubois should be the second-line center right now he was signed and he's here to be the second-line center not the third-line center but he is the third line center right now so let him work his way into it everybody wants to see more hustle but you know what it boils down to it boils down to wins and losses if this team is winning then no, very few people no are cares. picking on individual players. This team is losing. Everyone's going for the easy target. The easy target is Dubois, and quite honestly, he doesn't help himself either. But I will say this, and Dennis has pointed this out many times. He's available to the media. He does not shirk the responsibilities of, of talking to people. He doesn't run in ho- It's very easy. There have been a lot of players that have come through Los Angeles that if they talk to the media once a season, you're lucky. This guy's there right. every day. Practice, game night. He's not running. He's not hiding. He'll answer every question. It doesn't matter how difficult it was. It is. He'll answer the questions. He'll talk about it. He's putting in the time. Uh, he's putting in the time in the video room. He's putting in the time at practice. Uh, And, you know, look, I talked to him the other day and asked him what he thought about Jim Hiller and was he going to have to sort of restart um, establishing a rhythm and a communication pattern and all that stuff. He's like, hey, no, I've been talking to Jimmy from from the beginning, and he's really put a lot of time in. So he seemed excited about the change Mm -hmm. to Jim Hiller. I know what he's really excited about, uh, and that's going to be the return of Victor Arvidson because if you can put some more offense on one of his wings, that's probably going to make him look better.
1: And, John, you know, Rob Blake has told us once Victor comes off LTIR, and he's in a, you know, regular practice jersey. He won't play tonight, obviously. But what you see is what you get. There's going to be one extra player. My, my question is about two younger players and their possible impact in the last 34 games. One would be Brand Clark, who people are begging to play 20 minutes a night. The other one is the kid who came in and has such, you know, has had such a tough run with injuries, but looked really good in a couple of games, Alex Turcott. Like, why do you think their usage and impact could be here down the stretch for L.A.?
0: Well, here's what I would say. A lot of people on social media want to give opinions and talk about players when they haven't watched those players. And people want no. to give opinions that about Alex Turcott. Yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, if you want to talk <laughs> about Alex Turcott. Go watch Alex Turcotte. That's what I would say to people. Alex Turcotte is, an, is a driver. Alex Turcotte makes things happen when he's out on the ice. Uh, he makes his line mates better. You hear, you hear that about certain players coming up, right? He makes his line mates better. He drives offense. This guy goes and hunts the puck. Go back to the World Juniors as well, and you watch the magic that he was able to make with Zegres and with, with uh, Arthur Kaliev. This guy is a fun player to watch. Absolutely, he's been injured. He's had some bad luck. He's had some injuries that, you know, they've just been horrible. But when he's healthy, and he's been healthy this year, when he's healthy, he's a dynamic, exciting player, and it'd be great if he could be in the L.A. Kings lineup. They're going to have some tough – Uh, choices to make but we've seen this time and time again around the league that when you have sort of an established more veteran team that getting some young players in there they add some youth and exuberance to the to the room and just to everything everything's more exciting to them rather than the mundane monotony and i know people are like, making a lot of money yes but it is a monotonous job you know play practice play a game get on an airplane go to the next city You're, you're you're not you're not on vacation right it's a job it's a it's 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 a regimented process and these kids are really excited. So Alex Turcotte can bring a lot, I think, both on the ice and off the ice, and he should be in the lineup. Now, how you do that, it's gonna, it would have to come at the expense of several of their bottom six guys that you're either going to have right. to maybe put one or two on waivers, you're going to have to maybe make a trade, even a conditional trade for a couple of those guys. Brant Clark, on the other hand, people get excited because they love stats. This is fantasy hockey for a lot of people. They look at Brant Clark and they see him destroy the, the OHL last year. They go, sure. He goes to Ontario. He's a point-per-game player. He's fourth in the league in, 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 in uh, points. He's you know leading all defensemen, and he's played like six games fewer than everybody. It's like, how's this kid doing it? You have to play defensively responsible, though, as well. And one of the best ways to – To become that type of a player is to get those nhl minutes and so you want to see a brant clark in the nhl offensively look jordan spence he's looked great the last couple of years but that power play that he was helping quarterback wasn't generating a lot perhaps brant clark can put a little bit more into the power play there as well so i don't have as much of an issue with clark over spence but i also don't have an issue if it went the other way and you're like look Brant Clark to get games, he's going to have to go back to the American Hockey League. I just think that this team right now, they see Brant Clark platooning uh, in- until further notice.
2: All right, what about Brant Clark over Matt Roy? What about Alex Turcott over Victor Arbinson? And I I ask this because if this team is in a wild card position, two points above or hovering where they're at, in three weeks, six days before the trade deadline would rob Blake consider moving either roy or arvidson both of whom are on expiring contracts and try to get some assets back or are they fully committed to postseason play
0: well i would separate that into two separate questions or two separate answers victor arvidson you're not trading this team needs offense this team has missed victor arvidson they need a right shot they need help on the power play they need a lot of things that Victor Arvidsson is going to give them, and he's a free rental. So if they did trade Victor Arvidsson, or if Victor was out for you know, the entire season, they would have had to go into the rental market to try to get that. They need that experience, and they need him back in the lineup. So I don't see Victor Arvidsson leaving – for any sort of package of assets. This team is in win-now mode. That doesn't mean win the Stanley Cup Mm -hmm. this year or blow the whole thing up. It means their window to win is open, and they need to be playing to win. Getting assets back is not helpful because they're not in a rebuild sort of mode. Now, when you get to Matt Roy, it's a little bit of a different situation because with Matt Roy, you have to start to think about, well, what's the opportunity cost? The opportunity cost of trading Matt Roy is what are they getting in return, and are they a better team without Matt Roy? and they're not a better team without Matt Roy. You could probably drop him down and have him play on the third pair, spread things out a little bit. You could have Clark playing on that second pair, either with Gavrikov or with Anderson, and you could have Matt Roy, if you want to have somebody play on your offside, he would be the most likely one to do it, form a third pair with Jordan Spence, and things become a little bit more balanced. Could they trade Matt Roy? It's possible. I would be a little bit surprised if they would, just because, again, this is about winning, and this team is better with Matt Roy in the lineup, with one exception, that I don't think that you can get at the forward position. In a deal, could you get a Matt Roy light? Could you get somebody that you could play on the third pair that's on a, a low – a $1 million or an expiring contract, right, uh, and, and plug somebody mm-hmm. else in there that would help the defense and that wouldn't leave a gaping hole that Matt Roy would leave when he's gone? It's the only one mm-hmm. I go, have eh, maybe – and maybe that's the piece that you have to put in to go out and get a goaltender because that's the other thing. They really only have three contracts that they can move to try to generate some money for a goalie. It's Blake Lazat, Carl Grundstrom, and Matt Roy. Those are really the only three, and Roy gives them the most money. So I don't think they want to trade Matt Roy, uh, but if they had to, if you you made me pick one of those two players, I would say Roy, but to me it's less than 50%. It's probably less than 20% that he would get moved in my mind.
1: This is sports. It's in uh, Six weeks ago, five weeks ago, we wouldn't be talking like this, and now we are talking about it's this uh, with the L.A. Kings. Big game tonight, yep. big stretch, big month for them. Uh, coming up tonight, 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern time. Edmonton will take on the L.A. Kings. Jim Hiller's first game behind the bench as head coach. John, thanks for this great insight as always, and uh, look forward to the next time.
0: All right, boys. It was great talking to you, and, and you too, Dave. I'll see you later.